Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Break from all this NFL talk, and let's let's talk about a sport where everything's the same except the players aren't getting paid. Uh, Chester doesn't really know anything about college football, so he's not here. He's also not here because his wife, you know, who has already banned him from doing the last fifteen podcasts, did not let him show up tonight. Uh, she is in charge. She wears the pants, and she said no podcast tonight, Alex. And so it's just me and Superfan Robbie. Not really Superfan anymore. I'm not even sure if he listens, but. He he is a college football super fan, so we'll call him Super Fan Robbie, uh, the college football super fan. Robbie, how you doing? I'm doing great. First, first, let's. Uh, I think your comments were kind of controversial. I I don't want to call myself completely te- team Jen, but I'm I'm pretty close. First of all, I knew Jen before Alex. Mm. Second of all, I don't know. Chester does a, has a lot of freedom. I feel like for a I would say guy Chester is kids, in the. The the 30th percentile of my friends, freedom-wise. 30th percentile. I would he say I'm in the 100th. Like eight, I'm eight, without question in the 100th. 18 podcasts. He makes all these lists and charts. He's, yeah, he I mean, the work, dictator though. of a fantasy, at least one fantasy football league. with Just one. Insane yeah. rule book. Yes. I mean, he, I... Yeah, he was so excited today to call me a dictator because he told me he gets called the dictator of, of his league constantly. Um, and he was mad about some obscure rule thing. He also wrote the like twenty-page rule book that has like rule twelve I C A B C, you know, like like very law style. Even though he's not the commissioner of that league, uh, no, I, I just, he has like a mild amount of freedom. Like there are certain things he does, but I think once he gets home, it's not great. But that's like deserved. Like if you use like use all your credit, like you can't. Yeah, but why should he get punished? Like the fact that he gets away with. With like doing all these things out of the house, why should he? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't, like she doesn't know that's what's happening. He no, stays up no, to like two in the morning a, this doing. This is not charts. a podcast for Jen defenders. This is that is, that is this is not the type of show. Okay, you just got to tell Jen that I said this anyway. No, Next. she doesn't listen. She's never going to find out any of this stuff. All right, let's talk about college football. Let's do it. All right, well, I wanted it last year. You came on. You we went conference by conference. You gave us your rankings. I do want to do some of that, but I wanted to go. A little different this year. This is a list-making podcast, and I know you have a list of the ten worst college football fan bases, and I wanted to hear that list, and maybe we could troll some people and get people angry. Yeah, that's no problem. So really, I did the five worst, and then the five quote-unquote worst, which are really the best. Like they're just okay. the best at what they do, but they get a lot of hate for what they do. Best so at what they do, do like start? trolling, or best at what they do, like they're great fans but they're obnoxious. 
Uh, you'll see. Who would be the worst best in the NFL? By by, just to give us an idea of what you're talking. I about. like completely stopped watching the NFL. Um, but you don't like watch the, football, but you could. Like, uh, is that a Patriots thing? Like or, the, these are, are the Patriots like the, the worst, worst, worst or the worst best? At this point, I'd say they're the worst best that they've come full okay. circle. Then like now, giant, I know why you stopped watching. I, mean, I know the NFL. I'm a giant fan. I know I'm a giant yeah. fan, but yeah. like the Giants would also be there that you're just like, oh, we'll get lucky and win the Super Bowl, of course. Correct. Like that's ty- that's a type of thing. Like I, I think do know e- why you stopped watching the NFL, Robbie. No, it has every nothing Wolverine, to do with politics. Every Wolverine go. No, it has nothing to do with the, no nothing to do with politics. Oh, okay. Every Wolverine goes to the NFL and is complete garbage now, and, and so it, to you, it it just like ruins the idea of of you know Harbaugh and and the Michigan stuff because didn't Taylor like, Lewan just sign like the biggest contract in history and uh, talk about garbage when they go pro? Duke Blue Devil basketball, huh? That's true. That's true. I guess you guys are the Duke of, of football. I, first of all, Jabril Peppers <laughs> is going to be out of the NFL in two years. Uh, disagree. They, they, you were they so, play him at you were so high on Jabril Peppers. They play him at safety. They play him in like their own end zone. Like uh, he can, like he plays like the, seventy yards away from the play. By the way, he has not been on hard knocks yet. I don't know. I don't know why they haven't. Uh, they haven't even shown him on hard knocks. Jabril Peppers. Um, I don't watch hard knocks. For yeah, two years. you don't watch Sorry. the NFL. Um, all right, so let's start with your worst worst. Who are the actual worst so fan bases? I, I actually I was pretty objective here, and I put fifth, fifth on my list on worst fan bases is Michigan. I, I had to had to put my own Wolverines there, the own our own Michigan men. So that's mm-hmm. what we're called, Michigan men. And mm-hmm. it comes to us just being an insanely indignant fan base. Everyone in the country cheats except Michigan. You know, if you choose to go to a different school, you obviously don't care about academics. Now that you could choose to go to Duke over Michigan, even though it's a better academic school, Michigan fans would still say you don't care about academics. Like you have transgressed God if you choose to go to a different school. And Mm -hmm. the thought that literally everyone else gets paid, except Michigan doesn't pay its players. I I mean, we got Rashawn Gary, the number one player in the country. I don't know if he got paid or didn't, but you're winning these recruits over Clemson, Alabama. If they're paying players, obviously you are too. So the indignant Mm -hmm. Michigan fan is, is, makes me number five on that list. Okay. Number four, I got the Tennessee Volunteers. Oh, let me let me preface this. So some of the teams like Michigan, I have a lot of uh, experience with the fan base. A lot of this is hearsay from blogs and podcasts I listen to. And then I've also like traveled to a lot of games and met a lot of people and fans. So it's kind of just a mixture of everything and rumors. So now do you like, uh, do you consider yourself part of this insufferable group? Like, are you in this group or are you better than them? I'm like one of those Michigan fans who like is a little more de- like hang my head and sulking these days. Like I don't think we're gonna beat Ohio State this year. Like I, I'm I'm like really upset. Like a world is gonna end type of guy. Um, which is weird because in like real life I'm like the most optimistic, happy go lucky idiot in the world. Um, so I wouldn't consider myself a Michigan man in that context. Mm-hmm. But like obviously. You, you, I'm around them quite a bit. Right. Yeah. I, who would know better than better than you? And I could only imagine where Ohio State ends up if Michigan is fifth. Well, Ohio State, I'm completely ignoring. I'm not even mentioning them. In oh, so you don't mention them. Now we should mention because we're we're as we're recording this, 
Zach Smith uh, just went off on Twitter, which is what all innocent people do. It was amazing. Started attacking people. I do want to – do you think – so let's also compare it from this. If a Zach Smith-type situation had happened at Michigan, do you think Michigan would have handled it better? Um, I think just because Michigan has – a lot of their donors are not necessarily the football donors. So, like, the rumors are that, like, Ohio State brought, like, their 10 biggest donors and, like, eight were football donors and two weren't. You mean in that big meeting that took all day? Is that what you're saying? Okay. Yeah, so, like – Eight beats two type of thing. Right, and Michigan, right. I think you would get more guys like Stephen Ross and Jeff Blau would be like, ah, we probably have to fire Harbaugh. I mean, mm-hmm. and again, like like a Michigan man in this example or another fan base that we'll get to down this list would be like, this can't happen at our school. I mean, this can happen at any school. Sure. Like, Michigan fans are quote But it's embarrassing up. because he's Smith has proven himself to be such a loser. And, and a, like a lunatic, and there were so many things he did that were fireable on, on – or at least, you know, like questioning – you know, would really bring into question his character, outside, even outside of the fact that he abused his wife, allegedly. The um, – I, I, it's crazy that he was able to keep his job. Like, there's no one who's a good enough wide receivers coach to, to worth this much agita. It's insane that – like, it, Urban Meyer should have been fired just for, just for poor judgment. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, he did it as a favor to his old mentor. I mean, the, the rumors are he was, like, begging Mac teams to take this guy. And, like, you know, I mean, the Power Five uh, Power five coaches' relationship with uh, G5 coaches is very important with, like, transfers and all that. Um, he's, like, begging them to take this guy. And they're like, absolutely not. This guy is just really untouchable. So You mean before this came out? Yes, before. Yeah. For years, he's been, apparently. Uh, okay. I mean, those are like... Why couldn't rumors. you just fire him? I, I think he felt indebted to his uh, grandpa, who just died. Right. Who the hell knows? Yeah, yeah, You know? Right. It was, It was. yeah, it was, it was a complicated sort of family situation. Anyway, I'll say it is loaded. <laughs> do you, do you think... Do you think that... Um, first of all, were you surprised that they didn't fire Urban? No, I actually am surprised they suspended him for three games. Okay, I thought he was going to get zero. Yeah, and I and do you think at this point it's over, or do you think it might come back again and they might? I think it's him? done, like done, okay. done. Yeah. I would agree, unless unless something absolutely flagrant comes out. I, I think you're right. I think it is done. Uh, it may it may expedite the end of his career earlier, but I, I think in terms of getting penalized for this, there's a few people saying he else. may go to the NFL next year or something, but I yeah. I don't think so. I think he's. You know, unfortunately, I think he's staying at Ohio State for a really long time. Right. Right. So you're in a position where you're also sort of rooting for him to get fired. For I would for be. I would. Uh, or get if the Dolphins or the uh, sure Browns wanted a new coach. I'd... Well, I think the Dolphins went down that road with Saban. It didn't go so well. So I don't know if it would be the Dolphins. New ownership. And yeah, the owner of the Dolphins is the biggest donor to Michigan. So True. Help, true. True. Help a, Ross help is, a, bro- Ro- buddy Ross is a yeah. Michigan guy. Yeah. Yes. He, he, he should do that and just fire him the first day. Um, the problem is now that now that Gruden got a hundred million dollars, I think all these guys basically won't won't go for less than like eighty, ninety million. Well, that's fine because the, the, college the college coaches make contracts that much. are longer. Yes. Uh, Jimbo. Yeah, we're in a Jimbo. weird point where the, some of the 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 Power Five coordinators are making more than some of the NFL coordinators, which is bizarre. I mean, it's actually went on for a little, like it was creeping this way. I actually talked about that yeah. on the last year's podcast. Like these, the college coaches make more, if not, you know, and there's a lot more jobs. So like there's a lot, you know, more competition to go from team to team. 
So and there's more stability. College coaches rarely last three years. NFL coaches frequently last three years. Like if you have a decent coach, three years is is you know nothing in college football. But if you know you you get hired by by a guy who's not going who doesn't have a quarterback in the NFL, you're not you know three years. If you don't make the playoffs in three years, you're generally gone. Yeah, you. Uh, I would say you have more runway in in college. Yes, yeah. it's harder to rebuild. Um, but all right, who's the fourth worst fan base, Robbie? I have the Tennessee Volunteers. Um, okay. So I've. This is really just all rumor based, but this last uh, last year they like went through ten iterations of finding a coach, dragging names through the mud, fans uh, filing Freedom of Information acts, which has become a thing in college football with these public institutions to get like text message records, and I mean Tennessee fans at this point like they seem like they think they're better than they are. Like they're not in a recruiting hotbed. They haven't been good in God knows how long. I think like, they're totally unaware that like if you ever see one of these rankings of like ten best coaching jobs, like irrespective of the coach, like the, the Volunteers fans are unaware that it's not the nineties anymore, and like the game is sort of passed yeah. By. So like there's that's no what reason, everyone said about. There's Nebraska. no reason to assume they'll be ever be good again, right? Like they'll they're gonna pine for the days of Phil Fulmer. Absolutely. So everyone said like that's what everyone said about Nebraska, but it seems like Nebraska got, you know, their knight in shining armor, uh, Scott Frost, to come back. But like that, who's coming back to Tennessee? Peyton Manning? Like, I I don't know that, you know, like Peyton Manning. Would it it blow your mind if they ever hired Peyton Manning? And I guess the problem is they probably can't afford him. Yeah, I, I mean, like he probably makes more money doing and doesn't really work doing whatever. No, he yeah, does. I don't think they could. Because yeah, he yeah, he's very wealthy. I, I just don't think they could afford him. Because even ten million dollars, he'd have to he'd have to think about it. And and Tennessee is clearly not as wealthy as some of these other SEC schools, as you know, as sort of witnessed by who they hire. Well, the thing is, is like the money gets like outrageous because these TV contracts are for I mean, for the Power Five are about let's call it twenty to thirty million a year, but you mm-hmm. actually have to spend it. Right. So you're not a for profit business. So you actually have to spend it and you're in a perpetual like fundraising thing. So if you're like building all this, uh, all this uh, money, like people are like, oh, we don't need to donate to you. So people are just constantly redoing their weight rooms and all that stuff. So, right. uh, I mean, they probably could afford 10 million a year, but I don't 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 even know if Peyton would would do it for that. So you're saying there's no light at the end of the tunnel right now for Tennessee. I don't think so. I think Jeremy Pruitt's not Kirby Smart. That's their new coach. Um, I don't think he's Kirby. I don't think he's that great Saban disciple. I think he's, you know, more along the lines of the other Saban disciples who haven't really, you know, worked out. Like they've treaded around, and he has a solid coaching tree, but it's not, it's not phenomenal. You know, it's not like Willie. I think Willie Taggart will be great at FSU, but like I think Har- Harbaugh's coaching tree is pretty is better. Um, so I don't, I'm not all in on Jeremy Pruitt. And then, like, that job could become radioactive after a year or two. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a, he has relatively little experience, right? He's got five years as a coordinator. No, it is at the highest level, Florida State, Georgia, and Alabama. But he was a, he was a position coach just six years ago. He was in the high, high school 12 years ago and, and not even as a head coach. So he has literally no head coaching experience at any level, even at the high school level. It's a tough, it's a tough gig. You're, you're coming in and you're playing in the SEC. Yeah, and he plays the same, you know, he's a defensive guy, I think, and he plays, like, similar systems, you know. It's not like he's bringing something completely new like uh, Baylor did with Art Bryles or, like, Gus Malzahn with all those shifts, and you're just – or Jeff Brom at Purdue is a good example. Like, you're not bringing something completely new and overhauling the program. It's kind of just 
more of the same and you know you're, you're just continue going to continue to drown yeah. and by the way bitch butch jones is a pretty good coach like they fired him because they think that they should be winning national championships but he had them with you know win- a winning record in the sec they went nine and four two years in a row like that could be their max now that could be their like peak capability i'm not team butch jones never was I mean, he was really good at Cincy. He was really good in, in the MAC, so he's okay. Central Michigan, I think. Right? I guess, yeah. I, uh, I mean, he doesn't have a job now, which you know doesn't bode that well. But I, but may, it might be a money thing also, where he's still getting paid. Um, yeah, it could be. So who's three, the third worst fan base? Three, and I, I said this tepidly. Um, is uh, NC State? My friend Colin. Uh, he'll be happy. I put him on this list. Uh, there was a parking lot. Sta- it's actually a really terrible, sad story. Parking lot stabbing situation where some naval veteran got stabbed in the parking lot. Like, um, and a lot of this comes just from Colin brainwashing me that like their fans are crazy, like just complete animals. You see them at the Clemson game. They're like throw- throwing things on the field and at the refs. They're just. It, it seems like NC State fans are. Are a breed of their own almost, and that they're. But this is a team that's they're never wild. good. Uh, so that's why I'm surprised to see them at number three. Well, they're not never good. Like actually, last year they should have been better. Their schedule was just really difficult, and this year, like they have a Finley's a re, I think a really good quarterback. He had great numbers last year. They lost obviously Bradley Chubb and a few guys on defense, but I have them going seven and five. I mean, I wouldn't call them like bottom dwellers. They just have they're in no, the they're not bottom unlucky. dwellers. But it's interesting to see a team that's third that's never really in the top ten. So that's like the best part about college football is that you get like these fan bases, and then like on my shout out list of like shout out good fan bases at the end end, like. They're like middle of the road or lower tier. Uh, well, not all, but like middle of the road. Like neither some are neither here nor there programs that are just great fan bases, and that's like the best part about college football is that you don't need to be Alabama to be the best fan base. You don't need to be Clemson to be the best fan base. You could be a great mm-hmm. fan base and be perennially eight and four, seven and five. Yeah, and NC State. It's interesting because they're sort of out of the national conversation because the basketball team. They had a couple. Oh, they had a decent run at the beginning of the Gottfried era, but like they've been mostly irrelevant for a long time. They haven't gotten past the Sweet Sixteen since uh, Jim Valvano was there, um, and they. I guess they haven't been. Yeah, since since the Valvano there have not been. They have not been to the Elite Eight. They've missed the tournament. They, two of the last three years, the other one they lost in the first round. Uh, so maybe their football team will surpass their basketball team at some point. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think the thing is with basketball relative to football is. The second tier jobs in basketball seem like all the same. Like you could, you would take uh, the, like the prestige ladder. There's a clear ladder in football and prestige. I think that's a lot more cluttered at the tier two, you know, P five job. Like, is NC State really a much better job than I don't know, some random packed what like Cal? I don't know. Basketball? Like, yeah, your resources are about the same. Like, I don't know. Like, what's the difference between NC State and... Wait, hold on. Cal's a better job than NC State. In basketball? Yeah, of course it is. Okay. I mean, like, but I feel it's about the same. Cal is a rich school. Yeah, but they don't, they don't, they don't put their, uh, they don't put their hearts and minds into athletics, Cal. Um, no, it's not their priority, but still, by accident, they could still be better than than a school like the Wolfpack. Who is your number two? Notre Dame. So Notre Dame is like Ooh. the same as as indignant as Michigan. 
but you, you throw a little bit of a religious twist on it. And then you also have like people with zero connection to the school. Like they don't even need to be Irish and they're just like Notre Dame fans for literally no reason and know nothing about the team. So uh, Notre Dame fans are like, uh, it's all the bad on Michigan plus more bad. So as Michigan looks to lead off opening against them, a little dirt thrown their way as well. Yeah. With Notre Dame also, first of all, do you think they still have the most fans? Like are there more, more, more Notre Dame fans still than Alabama or Ohio state? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think the thing is also about Notre Dame, like I said, is you get people with zero connection to the school. They just like are Irish or think they're Irish or, you know, maybe Scottish or something. And uh, they they just are fans of Notre Dame. And then the people who actually like hardcore fans, like that's a whole nother level. Like if you don't go to Notre Dame in recruiting, you're obviously cheating. We can't pay players like the whole Michigan thing, just worse. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, when I was a kid, I was a Notre Dame fan, and I, I guess it's just because like they've got they had cool uniforms and they were actually good when I was a little kid. Um, and uh, and I, I get how you could get sucked into it because they're always on television because every game is televised. Now the, every team is televised, so it's it's not really such a big catch that they're always on TV. Yeah, I, I mean, being the son of a rabbi, that makes complete sense for you. I mean, but you, when you're a little kid, you don't even know that, like, you. I had no idea that they were, like, a Catholic school. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, and who is the worst fan base, the bad, bad fan base in college football? So let me preface this by I know a lot of people who went there. Um, I, I think, by the way, I think because it, last year it was because, lovely, lovely fans, lovely people, hmm. but it's an absolute cult, and that is Penn State. Yeah, I think once you said Ohio State was not going to be on the list, I don't think there was another option. I think Penn State had to be number one here, especially for, you know, with a Michigan person doing the rankings. What do you find particularly abhorrent about the Penn State fans, though? I mean, just the whole Joe Pa situation and how they yeah. will defend him to the They still death. have truthers. They still have Sandusky truthers if you're on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, that's few and far between, but they will defend Joe Pa to the absolute It's like, you realize what hill you're willing to die on here. Lovely people, very nice, like, but if you get into a conversation with Penn State fans, do not bring up, you know, Joe Pa or the quote-unquote situation. Like, it's just not, like, they they lose their minds. They're completely irrational. It's a cult. Do you think there's a a little bit of... Do you, how about this? Do you think Penn State will be in the national championship picture in the next five years? Like, do you think they will be in the in the semifinals? Um, in the next five years? Yes. The only reason I'll say no is I just think Michigan and Ohio State are operating at such a high level. I think they'll make multiple, uh, multiple BCS bowls though. Like more, okay. like yeah, like thir- uh, they'll be relevant. Yeah, they've been recruiting at such an amazing clip that it, it it's hard to see them out. I think Franklin's a good coach. Um, leaving losing Morehead will hurt, and obviously losing Saquon, but th- they've been recruiting so well. You you got to think they'll they'll be very very solid for the foreseeable future. So New Year's Six Bowls, I think in the next five years, I would guess two three, sure, three, let's say. 
but I don't see a Final Four in their future. But they'll yeah. be right there. They'll be very relevant. They have five losses in the last two years. Four of them were, were by three points or less. We won't talk about the fifth one. Michigan. Um, <laughs> by 39. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah, it is interesting because I do think that the, the Penn State, realistic Penn State fans at a certain point, were probably starting to get nervous like Nebraska fans, like Tennessee fans. You talk about, like, hey, has our time come and gone? And now it looks like the answer is no. Like, do I think Franklin is, like, a top-tier, top-five coach? I don't. But for whatever reason, that you're, like you're saying, they've been able to get a core of guys. Now, they have the best player in college football, and now he's gone. But it does seem like like the talent is still there all over the place. The, the Big Ten is impossible to get through. But um, I, I, but I also I, – I get why they're insufferable. They also make it seem like Michigan, the University of Michigan, is a better school than Penn State. Correct. But I don't know if Penn State alumni know that. Like I don't like I feel like they act like it's a elite school when and I'm not even sure it's in the top fifty in like the US News and World Report rankings. Yeah, I mean you see that a lot though. Like every Michigan fans certainly do that. Like we'll compare ourselves to like a Duke academically. Like we're nowhere near Duke. That's ridiculous. Right. Uh, so I, the only like there's a few schools that like come to mind when you say that, and I'll absolutely get to one later. That is really like the Michigan comp that everyone there is like, oh, no, no, this school is better than Michigan. It's like, well, you applied to Michigan and didn't go in. That's the only reason you went there. And, mm-hmm. But I'll rant on this school a bit later as my most overrated fan base in the country. All right. So go through the five schools that are so bad they're good. OK, so five, I have Alabama. And when you talk about Alabama, you think of like Bama fans think everything is the most important thing in the entire world. Bama football is the most important thing in the entire world. Uh, Harvey Updike's poisoning trees and and calling in radio stations to brag about it. But I went to a game there, uh, I think two, maybe three years ago, and the fans and I went to a Bama game at LSU where they traveled really well for. Bama fans are great. They're... The, the girls will, like, wear really, 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 like, pajamas out during the week. And then to the game, they wear literally their Sunday best. Like, they wear, like, almost wedding dresses to the games because you got, you got to come to play on uh, on Saturdays. It's a really professional operation. And the Bama fans, probably the best in-game experience I ever had was at LSU, that Alabama-LSU game. The Bama fans were right up there in the LSU fans' face just – cheering really hard with their pom-poms like not afraid alabama fans are really great at what they do they are just pros at it i think the fall is going to come it doesn't not necessarily soon but when saban leaves it's they have any unsustainable level of success that no team ever will will be able to match what they're doing right now again and i just the fall is going to be so big it's funny because when i was younger and when we were younger like I, you ever read like Rammer Hammer Yellow Jammer that book? No. It's a book about a, a, a writer. I think his name is Warren St. John, who goes around to like every Alabama game for a season. And the coach is Mike Shula, and like they're so bad. The game book doesn't even end in a ball game, I think. And the like, it's crazy how good. Like it was back then. Alabama was like below Auburn, basically. And it's crazy how they've become like the Patriots on steroids. Like they're better than the Patriots. You know, their worst seasons are better than the Patriots' worst seasons. 
but eventually this has to end. And, like, what happens to a fan who, like, expects to win the championship rightfully every year when they don't win it anymore? Yeah, I mean, that's the nature of college football. Like, when I was in college, when I started, like, really getting into it, Alabama was not good. Like, Auburn was much better. Um, and USC was really, like, dominating um, college football. And people were like, they get every single West Coast recruit that they want. And Pete Carroll's an amazing coach. They'll never, like, they're never going to lose again. Like, mm-hmm. And, you know, before that, you had Miami. The the truth is, in college football, for whatever reason, the fall always eventually comes. Now, you know, Saban may keep up at this clip for another five years. But, sure. I, I mean, the fall, ha- like, he has to leave. You got to get someone else. It, it never just maintains. Like, when Belichick and Brady leave the Patriots, I mean, oh. it, it's just a matter of time. Like, what happens? God willing. Yes. <laughs> Like, you know, I, I mean, you're built on players like and recruiting and coaching and Saban's unbelievable. But you then you eventually he, you know, he's not going to live forever. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's a good point. I think um, I, I think the end is pretty close to say I just don't know what else they have to prove. I don't know. Like, I don't think he's going to go back to the NFL, but I'm not sure. I don't I don't know if, if Saban has one more move in him. But I, I do think these guys get bored. Recently, it seems like these guys have gotten more bored than, than uh, you know, the, the Joe Paz and the Bowdens who stayed basically till they died. Yeah. I mean, Alabama, they, they have some kinks in their armor. Like, I'm not going to, you know, think they're going to fall apart. But and I have them making the final four. But, I, you know, they, their linebacking core is a little banged up and a little sh- shallower. You know, they're they're mm-hmm. relying on their offense they're saying might be the stronger unit this year and that may be true but it's never been true so we'll, we'll see i mean obviously i have them in the final four so i can't you know really say i'm picking against them but i mean they lost to auburn last year decisively pretty decisively uh, we'll see you know i, I still think they're going to be great you got to be crazy not to think that but yeah. yeah who else is on this list so four i have miami and I've been thinking about this. I feel like Miami fans are, you know, it's almost like the ra- like the best example we have of like racial harmony where I just feel like every Miami fan, it doesn't matter if they're like Jewish, Italian, black, Cuban, Hispanic, wh- whatever. I just feel like they're all kind of the same person. Like they are just wearing authentic jerseys and gold chains and, you know, showing off the Miami gaudiness, whatever you are, and they do it great. Like, they, when Miami is good, Miami fans come, like, come full on to the games and, like, really embrace the Miami culture. And, you know, like, yeah, maybe we'll get in some NCAA violations and cheating, but it's it's all good. Uh, you know, Miami fans, I've come full circle on them. Yeah, I also think that they overachieve because – you know, it's not so. It's not nearly the size of of of, mo- of basically every other school we've mentioned. It's a smaller school. It's a private school. I, I think they're pun- and and they're in a place where the worst sports area in the whole country. So I, I do think they're punching above their weight. So I kind of like the Hurricanes fans. Yeah. Um. Someone did a uh, Bill. Uh. Bill Connolly did a special on Miami as a city as a sports city. It is interesting. I mean, they kind of admit they're fleet, fair weather fleeting fans. But, you know, when Miami's good, and I really like Mark Richt, uh, I've always been a Richt defender. When Miami's good, the fans come out. Like, apparently it was electric for that Notre Dame game and Virginia Tech game. So we'll see if they could uh, keep it up this year. 
Um, yeah, who's Third, number three? Three, I have Texas. And right. Texas fans are like the guy who – all Texas fans are like the guy who will uh, gamble on anything except Texas fans will donate or buy anything. Like if only money could win championships, they just like throw money like the famous story where one of the donors – you know, paid money to put his name on the field and then paid money to take his name off the field when Texas lost the game. They, right. They're just out of control with the money thing. Like for as much money as Michigan raises or any of these Alabama raises, Texas just, you know, completely overhauls the money department. But it, and I like Herman, I think he's going to build something good there eventually, but hasn't come to fruition yet. But th- the money thing makes them like, apoplectic at times they're just completely off uh, off their rocker when they don't win so texas number three um number two i have uh florida state and that comes from a uh, personal experience the florida state fans at the Ole miss florida state game la- uh last year or two years ago uh, two years ago in uh orlando that i went to they were just like the trashiest fans ever like there were girls with their like grandmas and father like sitting right in front of me there's this girl wearing practically no top like it was just insane like the florida state fans are like bumpkin florida it it, they are they are a whole new breed of florida fans but you know i like it they come full circle on that all in on florida state fans i know so losing the coach to texas a&m not great. So as a Harbaugh guy, and I am a Harbaugh guy, I got to love who they replaced him with, Willie Taggart. Yeah. He considers himself the third Harbaugh brother. Sure. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's just, it's not a great look that, I mean, Fisher per- chose to go to A&M over Florida State, right? Well, they, first of all, paid him a ton of money. They made, Florida State made them, he made him fire his entire uh, staff before he left during the season. Um, not a great look. I think Jimbo is a great coach. Um, but, and obviously he's proven that he's won national championships, uh, national championship, but I think Taggart will build something good. It seems like they're going to get the number one recruit for 19 now, Kayvon Thibodeau out of California. So that'd be a huge pull for Taggart. You know, I, I think I have, I think I have them winning nine games this year, which would be a very good year one for Taggart there. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, yeah, you start with a 9-4, I think you're doing okay. Who is yeah. the worst, best, worst fan base? And this is another one where I've actually been to two of these games. Um, Ole Miss. Ole Miss has just, like, said, we can't compete in the SEC. Oh, yes, we can. We will cheat. We will do whatever it takes. But we are competing. So I could uh, give a quick story of when I went to the Bama at Ole Miss game. If you don't mind. Sure. Yeah. So there we're sitting like front row and uh, right in front of the Ole Miss bench and right next to these Ole Miss fans, probably like about 50 years old. All the players start going up to the guy and uh, introducing themselves to him and the friends and shaking his hand, hugging the guy. And we, we get to talking during the game and he's. He said he's a booster for Ole Miss. And pretty much throughout the game, he's just telling us how much money he's playing the Nick and DJ brothers and that, you know, Robert's pretty crazy, but his brother's even crazier and how much money it took to get uh, Laquan Treadwell. 
and pretty much they're just caught with 90% of this, if not all of it's probably true. And Ole Miss fans, you know, they they have a smaller stadium for an SEC stadium, I think the smallest. But if you just pay your way, just like they completely embrace the cheating culture. And yeah, so they were my uh, best worst fan base. Awesome. All right. What are the other lists you made, Robbie? So most overrated. And this was my I like this was Wisconsin and Wisconsin is infuriating because all of the co- the podcasts love Wisconsin fans talk about how much they drink and how like hardy they are as Midwesterners, which is absolutely true. But then you get like a huge contingent of Northeasterners who go there who think they're like part of that clan when they're just not. And they're like mm-hmm. super jappy or just super like indignant about it being like Wisconsin's the best school of all time. It's like, yeah, well, you didn't get into Michigan. That's why you're there. Um, so to take a dig there as a Michigan guy. Um, yeah. Wisconsin fans, most overrated in the country. The other list I made is uh, the seven best. I put Washington State, Iowa, West Virginia, LSU, Appalachian State. East Carolina and Texas A&M. A lot of that is just like rumor based and following these fan bases on like old row. And why is Washington Instagram state account. so great? Why is it better than you dub? Oh, well you dubs like Seattle. So you get a lot of the city dwellers. It's like the better school academically, I believe, mm-hmm. but Washington yeah. state you have like, it's like the furthest school from a freeway. The people, the fans, like apparently they had an away game at Mississippi state. I think like five years ago or something and just like Mm -hmm. drank, just drank Starkville dry. There's like that famous clip. That's a lot of flights, by the way, from Pullman to Starkville. Yeah, it's probably Probably not. not They don't fly direct. No direct. I don't know if there's an airport near Washington State, but yeah. No, I think it's the furthest from an airport as well. That would make sense. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, well, Appalachian State, um, they just recently became a high A school, right? A, a an, an FBS school. Yeah they they have a they have a coach who's like uh, what is his name Shatterfield or something. He, the, the, he's like rumored to get a big time job after this year, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, they they're pretty good. You know, they run like a hurry up and wait type of system in college, which is interesting. Um, yeah, their Instagram accounts are, are fire. They're old row Instagram accounts. And they had that famous sign that the sorority house put up against Miami. That's hilarious. So um, shout out to them. And what would you say? East Carolina. What's so good about East Carolina? They don't another, really another one that I, I don't really know, but it, when you look at them on old row and how they, it looks like they tailgate, like you got to put them, you got to put them on the list. Um, mm-hmm. Scotty Montgomery is, for anyone who bets out there, just bet against him all season. He's an absolute train wreck of a coach. He has no mm-hmm. idea what he's doing. It's like free money betting against him. Um, but, yeah. I mean, ECU, really, realistically, long-term, it's not a terrible AAC job, but I, I think he's not a good coach. I have them winning two games this year. Um, all right. And what's it, don't you have one more uh, list? Nah, that was it. That's all. So I that's got your for last list. All right, so yeah. let's go quickly conference by conference. You tell me who you think is going to win the conference, uh, and maybe uh, a sleeper or a team that's uh, going to be is a reverse sleeper that 
people think might be good is actually going to suck. Let's just do the Power Five. Let's start with the Big 12. Big 12 is probably my most uh, upsetty conference. I think Oklahoma comes back. I'll just give you like the storyline. I think there's a lot of group at the middle. TCU has become everyone in the media's darling. Kind of out on them having seven wins. Oklahoma, I think, comes down to earth. I think Texas and West Virginia end up playing in the Big 12 championship game. Um, I really like Will Greer. I think I pick West Virginia to win that game, but I also like Texas this year. I, either wouldn't surprise me. I think Oklahoma State gets goes eight and four this year, losing the quarterback hurt. Another darlings Iowa State. People love Matt Campbell, their coach. I think it just he needs one more year to get get his horses in a row. So I have them also winning seven games. Um. Okay, and and uh, who's at the bo- who's the bottom dweller other than you know we just had a Kansas uh, we had the Kansas Jayhawk on the podcast a couple episodes ago. Oh yeah, yeah. Imagine wow. yeah, a, a call a listener was the Jayhawk a couple years ago. Imagine like the only thing worse than being in a Kansas football game is being in a Kansas football game and being in that like hot sweaty Jayhawk costume. Yeah, at least Kansas. I don't think it's that hot there. Lawrence, it's not so but, hot, especially um, not November. Yeah. I, I um, think I remember Cole on your podcast actually. Yeah. Yes. How many how many games is Kansas gonna win? I have them winning one against Nichols okay. State. I have them losing at CMU, losing the Rutgers, good. losing at Baylor. No, it's not good at all. I mean they're gonna be underdogs probably in some of those games. Like if they're in Rutgers, I assume Rutgers is gonna be favored. Um, they're home against Rutgers. So oh, okay. but I still think Rutgers will probably be favored. Um Rutgers issues. That's not great depth mainly they they've actually taken a lot of like juco's and stuff so i don't Mm -hmm. think they're gonna be as bad this year we'll see okay uh let's let's move to the acc who's winning the acc i mean you have to be crazy not to pick clemson people they may have four uh first round picks on their d line yeah they pretty much have two quarterbacks that'll be uh either good or great both of them I, i actually really like kelly bryant um, I have them beating Miami. I think Virginia Tech could have put up a fight, but with all the injuries and suspensions and drama that's going on there, I think they just take a step back this year, and Miami pulls away in the other conference, um, um, in the other division. And who's, who's the bad sleeper? Who's going to be worse than maybe people think? Um, well, everyone thinks UVA is going to stink. I have Duke winning five games, which is not good for them. Um, Syracuse at four and Wake at five. So I guess all of those teams that, you know, I'm not very high on any of them. Um, all right. Uh, let's move to the Big Ten. Oh, boy. Okay. I, I may get emotional here. Okay. <laughs> we already said they're not being, Michigan's not being Ohio State. No, but the way I have it fallen out. So, like, I project every game pretty much, yes. like winner and loser, like Chester yeah. S. Chart. Did you do, did you do this before Chester, or like he inspired you? You realized you had. Do you do every D one game or just the Big Five, or how do you? I do, do this? the Power Six. The power so, Six. Okay. I, I like the AAC a lot, so I do them as well. Plus Notre Dame. I really follow. You know, I follow the AAC because I'm a UConn fan. Even though I don't, I, I wouldn't say I love UConn football only because like they don't love. It. I just saw a stat they. Went from thirty thousand season ticket holders to nine thousand in like three years. So yeah, that's not it's not very good. For you, I could well, probably listen, I do the believe... Mac. Yeah. I could probably do the I... Mac, but the yeah, Sun Belt more fun than the so. AC. I, yeah, I also think that UConn like will ultimately leave the AAC. 
because I why I I I, I think the Big East will take them in basketball. Would they do that? And I, they have to. I mean, you can't stay in a basket like they want to win championships, and I, they've proven obviously that they can. And 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 the women's team really suffers from also being in a garbage conference where they win every game by ninety. They 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 can't play. First of all, the road trips are insane. SMU in Texas, Tulsa's in Oklahoma, uh, Tulane's in Louisiana. Like these, they they're they're road trips are crazier than like any baseball team. So they, it's it's an awful location. No team is near them. Like Temple's probably the closest, and that's not so close. Connecticut to Philly. Um, it's just a nightmare scenario. The conference is awful. They they let Wichita State in, which academically like is basically is not an academic school. Like it doesn't exist. Uh, they are unranked by U.S. News and World Report, which is not a good sign. Like, no. Um. Yeah. So I hope UConn leaves the AAC. It's a disaster. And and like screw the football team. I only care about the basketball team. Um. All right. So who's going to win? Who's going to win the Big Ten? And and then tell us what you think Michigan's record is going to be. So. After trashing on them, I have Wisconsin winning the Big Ten this year, going ten and two, winning the Big Ten. Michigan breaking my heart. They're eleven and one, headed into Ohio State. Ohio State's ten and two, not, uh, nine and two, and beats them and wins the East. I have. Penn Is their State, loss to Michigan State or Penn State? Michigan, their first loss. Wisconsin. So Michigan loses at home to Wisconsin, wins at. That's Notre by the Dame. way, that's rough. If for people who don't know. There's really five elite teams in the Big Ten, right? And four of them are out east, and just Wisconsin is out west. Yes. So it's bad luck that you guys drew draw Wisconsin this year also. Even well, it so the way the Big Ten set it up was we play Wisconsin like as our lock, I believe, like every year. Oh, do you play Wisconsin every year? That's not fair. So for like, so they pretty much made this. I don't forgot when, but Ohio State's locked into Nebraska, who should be a powerhouse, but hasn't been good in forever. Right. Yeah, that's rough. Actually, I didn't realize so that. We actually play Nebraska this year too, and uh, Wisconsin's other crossover is Penn State. So, yeah. Um, I have I have Penn State going ten and two, with losses to Michigan and Ohio State. So mm-hmm. that would. That would put them out of it um, in the tiebreaker. So Ohio State would win the tiebreaker, but then lose to Wisconsin. And Wisconsin would make the Final Four. So Wisconsin, that would be Ohio State's second loss. You're only getting one team. No, in I have four. Ohio State losing. That would be their third loss in okay. the But I'm saying you only have game. one Big Ten team in, in the Yes, you only I have do. the Badgers. Yes, um, I do. Michigan, would you be – Stunned out of your mind if they're not six and zero going to the incredibly hard three game stretch with Wisconsin, Michigan State, Penn State. Uh, the Notre Dame game is very losable. It's on the road yeah. opening game. I mean, I is think that, it's going to does that be ruin a, the year for you if you start zero and one and look at the specter of needing to win your next twelve games against you know four top ten teams, five top ten teams probably. Well, one, I think this year will be the first ten and two team to get in. I think it's. Okay. I, I would even bet two teams get in this year that have two losses. I just think, you know, it's kind of, if you look back at the past, that's kind of how it would work, work out most of the years. And I think it's just crazy that, you know, the past uh, four years, it just hasn't worked out that way. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think this year, at least one two loss team will get in maybe two. Um, so I actually have two, two loss teams getting in this year. Um, but 
But yeah, no, the lost Notre Dame game. I mean, these opening games, they don't really mean as much as everyone makes them out to mean. Like, yeah, I know I'm going to be. Can, I know you're saying that a two loss team can make it, but you're you're essentially playing with no margin of error starting on September 8th. If you lose that Notre Dame game. Yeah. Look, look if we lose the Notre Dame game, obviously, my you know, I'm going to be crazy, really upset, uh, you know, beside myself. Don't get me wrong. But. At the same time, it really doesn't mean that much. If we go eleven and two, we're gonna make we're in good shape to make the playoff. If Notre Dame beats you guys, do you think there's a chance they can make the playoff or no? They have Stanford, Vatech, Florida State, and they end at USC. Um, yeah, so I have them winning nine games and you know losing one to us. If they won that game, I would put that. The, I think they would back into be the fourth spot in my playoff. So definitely, it's hard to lose your last game, and so they'd have to actually go into USC and win because those teams usually get jumped by even if you know some ten and two SEC team would jump them. Yeah, I agree. I think they'll win. Uh, you know, I'm. I think Notre Dame will put it. I think I have them losing to Michigan, Stanford, and Vatech as their three losses, mm-hmm. and then yeah. I have them putting it putting it together down the stretch. Um, but uh, no, Notre Dame has a really good defense. I mean, they should have a really really good defense. They obviously lost a ton offensively, but their defense should be really good. I've been reading a ton of previews on them. Their linebackers are really good. Their D lines Kelly good. guy. Do you think Kelly's a great coach? Do you think he's a really good coach, or do you think he's overrated? It's probably like tenth best, maybe okay. a little better than that. That's uh, good. Around then, I mean, yeah, yeah. You could yeah. win a title. Uh, if, you're I, mean, cra- they, I don't know if they could recruit the athletes win a title but they could win i mean they recruit the athlete i notre dame absolutely recruits with anyone uh in that well i mean not uh, you mean in the non-alabama level yes exactly in non-alabama state, georgia essentially maybe florida but when they play one of those teams they usually get exposed well they only lost to georgia by one last year right yeah they lost at home by one but look notre dame it's like any uh any fan any team in that in that realm that's you know team a tier B or tier one A, whatever you want to call it, like Michigan, mm-hmm. um, Penn State. I'd say the same thing. Miami, you know, Auburn. There, there's a ton of teams in this in this wheelhouse that, yeah, you're really good, but you know, you kind of need all the breaks to win a national championship. Probably make it. You know, I, I would bet Brian if Kelly's there for five years, they're making a Final Four at some point in those five years. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, who? Let's go to the Pac-12. We haven't talked too much about the Pac-12. It looks like Washington is considered the only team that's really in the title picture. Do you agree with that, or is there another team you think could make uh, it? I think USC has the talent to do it, probably. I'm not – I don't love Clay Hilton. Um, they probably have the talent to do it, and but I, I don't see any team in the Pac-12 making it this year. I just think yeah, – I think Washington will lose the first game to Auburn, have another trip up, and then people, you know, USC will lose Stanford, maybe Texas, and then people will just forget about the Pac-12. Right. Like, yeah, now, I haven't looked disappear. at the schedule yet. I usually do, like, a deep dive into the schedule, see, like, all right, what are the best games, what do I need to watch. I have not have been so busy with the podcast and with – I'm in seven fantasy football leagues, some uh, loser. Um, is Washington-Auburn the best early season game? Well, you have uh, the, I guess for Michigan, opening Dame, week, also. you have Michigan Notre Dame is a great game. LSU Miami is a great game, and then the Monday night game is actually an AC, uh, ACC game. It's uh, Florida State Virginia Tech. 
So there's yeah, a, a there's game. a few. But the in conference games don't play. excite me on September first. I don't know about you. Uh, yeah, uh, they're fine. They're they're good. They work. Eh, I, I like it. I think it's an advantage to get one of the conference games out and take like a quasi bye week during the season. Yeah, get nickel state. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, and then uh, and then let's go to the SEC. It seems like this is a slight down year outside the you know the obvious powerhouses. Do you agree? Like there aren't there aren't eight teams in the top twenty five like you see some years. Um, eight is a lot, but you I, I have seven, so mm-hmm. maybe I think AP only has five this year, which is not a lot. So as a Michigan fan, I'm obliged to be really really high on South Carolina this year. Uh, because they beat us in the bowl game. <laughs> so I think Muschamp and Jacob Bentley, their quarterback, are really good. Um, you know, on my chart, I have them winning the East, but I've kind of done everything in my power to give them every win they could possibly have and give mm-hmm. Georgia every loss they could possibly have. G- Georgia lost a lot. I don't know. South Carolina seems exciting this year. In the West, the five teams I have being really good are... Uh, Mississippi State, LSU, Texas A&M, Auburn, and Bama, each for their own reasons. But I have Bama eventually winning that conference. Winning the conference. Do you have Bama um, going undefeated? Because their out-of-conference schedule is pretty easy, and then they don't draw. Uh, they don't draw Georgia, who's the only real elite team in the East. So or South really Carolina the, or South yeah, Carolina. Yeah. So right? the the, only, the problem with Bama are LSU, Auburn, and and, and the Mississippi team. So the problem with Bama is like all their games that are tough, like I would say are like you're playing top 25 are pretty much other than LSU are at home. So Auburn, which should be a top 10 team this year, is at home. Mississippi State is at home. They should be top 20. And uh, Texas A&M is at home. Should be top 25 probably. probably. Um, So the only away game is LSU. And I have them losing that game. To LSU as their one trip up, but mm-hmm. obviously making the Final Four and being South Carolina in the championship game. I just think Georgia last year lost a lot. You know, they lost a lot on defense, a lot yeah. all around. See if they could put it together again. I mean, it's a hot take to uh, pick against Georgia in the East. It's how weak the East is. All right, so who's making the Final Four? Oh, let me uh, let me crap on Arkansas a little. Five wins, don't make a bowl. Chad Morris, terrible hire. Terrible. Chad, I'm all out. Right, so Chad Morris, you're down on. Any other coaches you think lose their job during the year or at the very end or right after the year? Any I think a lot. I think a lot are not going to even make it through the season. Who's um, who's going to go? Who's going to get? I, we, we This is Durkin. a big coaches getting fired podcast. I don't know if you know that. So we always get excited. I, okay. you're, not, Dur- you're not supposed Durkin to talk about another man's job, but we we do. We, we're always, we've always been into Black, Blue, Black Monday. We call it a Green Monday. We like we love it. So who's getting fired? I think Durkin's gone. Uh-huh. Um, I that's Maryland's coach, Larry yeah. Fedora at UNC. I think he's a good coach, but I think you know the results. I have think not he's been done. There. Well, yeah. they, they went eleven and one one year, like I think two years ago, mm-hmm. three years ago. Completely overlooked after last season's debacle. Um, I think. Dino Babers at Syracuse four wins is if they don't get that signature win at home against Clemson last year, he would have been on the hot seat. I think he's on his way out. I think Louisville has a decent season, but Petrino just has so much baggage and that program's getting in trouble. Maybe he's gone. 
Clawson at Wake Forest, I don't see turning it around. Sumlin just got hired at Arizona, but I think he's a disaster. Colorado and Arizona State, I think, are definitely— I was always a Sumlin guy, but I, it now seems like maybe he got overpromoted. I think he was a really good offensive coordinator um, who, who maybe— You know, some, some of these good offensive coordinators just don't translate. Yeah, and I don't think he updated his system. Like, his system kind of always stayed the same. He was great when he had, you know, Johnny Football and two all-world tackles. But, you know, like, I give you the first pick in the NFL draft two years in a row to play tackle for you. You're going to be pretty good. But Mm -hmm. as soon as that went, and Mike Evans, not to mention, um, as soon as that went away. In hindsight, that was a pretty good team. Although Manziel, I guess, doesn't in hindsight doesn't look as good. But, yeah, it still was a good team. He literally, I remember saying, like, this, Mike Evans is amazing. He's just throwing jump balls. Mike Evans throwing everyone out of the way and grabbing them. But, yeah, I, I do feel bad because you, if you watch Mike Evans play, he looks, he's still impossible to cover. But Jameis is so Jameis, and now he's not even there, and Fitzpatrick's playing the first three games. I do think if Evans, like, played in Green Bay, he would be the best receiver in the NFL, and he would just have, like, 120 catches for 1,600 yards. But I'm not sure we'll ever see him with a great quarterback. Yeah, you're completely out on Jameis. Yeah, I I think Chester and I are both out on Jameis. I I, I think you need to like have your head on, uh, uh, you know, to be an NFL quarterback for 15 years. Think about how much you know Eli stinks, but like think about how hard it is to just like be there and never get hurt, never get in trouble for like a zillion years in a row. Like he's done and never miss a game, except when he got benched for Geno Smith. I I, it just it it seems like it's over his head. Uh, He's not a good person. I, I just think like. The incidents that have happened will probably continue to happen, or more will come out that that already happened that we don't know about. I, I, it just—it seems like he's also one strike away from basically being out of the league. What uh, do you think so about I'm, Mariota? Yeah, we th- we spent a lot of time discussing Mariota. It's tricky. It's possible that Malarkey was just such a moron. I don't know why it, the, they they should have hired an offensive coach. They hired Vrabel to try and be like Patriot South, and I. I don't, I don't know if that's the answer. I, I think the offensive coordinator is LaFleur, who's like, not the, you know, they maybe could have gotten someone more exciting than him. I, I, he, he's, listen, Mario's going to have a better career than Winston, and they've gone nine and seven two years in a row, and it's not like they have a, such a stacked team. So, like, maybe we're underestimating him. His stats are atrocious. He threw 13 touchdowns last year, which is like 1970s stuff. Um, we'll see. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not out on Mariota, but I would be getting a little nervous if I was a Titans fan. All right. All right, so who, wait, so the final four, Alabama, Ohio State. No, not Al- Wisconsin. Alabama, Sorry, Alabama Wisconsin, Wa- Wisconsin. Clemson. Not Washington. Clemson and Georgia. And then via, via my, like, uh, I've ranked all the teams out. It would be the yeah. Big 12 winner of Texas, West Virginia, getting uh-huh. in over 10-2 and two Michigans and 10-2 If they have one Auburn. loss. If they have one They're loss. They're going to have two losses but 11 wins. And then you have a ten and two Auburn and a ten and two Michigan. So I put the you're, big. Wait, 12 you're saying a ten and two te- Texas would make it? I'm telling you right now. That's eleven and two Texas. Eleven and two. It's not happening. They're not putting a or two an loss. eleven and two. What? No, over the a two, two loss. But everyone has two losses, yeah, including Wisconsin. Matter. Right. Um. So you're taking I, Auburn, who's, who's team also with two or Michigan in the SEC. Is it is it two loss Georgia? Versus no, two one lost Bama's already in, and then yeah, I understand. Who's the second SEC team? Auburn. Yeah, I think Auburn would make. Or it Michigan is also ten in this and pretend. Two. Right. 
Part of it's win loss. Have I just... impossible schedules. Auburn yeah. and Michigan have ridiculous. Right. Let's schedules. look at Texas's schedule. Um, that, yeah, I mean, they USC play the Big Twelve East. and Maryland. Yeah, no, and and, and USC. USC and USC. Yeah. So it's not an easy schedule. They have they have the Oklahoma's, West Virginia, TCU, and um, Tennessee. Yeah, and and the West Kansas. Virginia so if they're struggling, NCC. they know they don't have to worry about that last that late season loss like Notre Dame does. Um, I hate that Longhorn network. Anyway, I have the four network. the four seed getting rocked by Clemson, who would be the one. Mm-hmm. I have Wisconsin upsetting Alabama. Okay, and then and the Clemson, Clemson, Wisconsin, not such a Clemson sexy final. beating Wisconsin. Yeah, that that's going to be well, Wisconsin's going to have an amazing offensive line. Yeah. Um, and Clemson that would be a good matchup because have... right, Clemson has an NFL. Clemson's D line is basically could all they all those guys could be in the NFL this year. Well, basically, people are projecting all four to be uh, first round yeah. picks, so that's crazy. Yeah, I mean Clemson's loaded, loaded. So, yeah, that, that'd be a fun match. I think it'd be uh, maybe a little less fun than people want to see. Not as many points, but yeah, I, I mean. I'm a, I'm very high on Wisconsin this year. I think their defense, you know, they lost a lot on defense, but I think they shown they just rebuild it every year. So, no, I, mm-hmm. I don't have much of a reason to doubt them on that front. Right. Um. All right. I think that's good. All right. Let's do. We, people like this. So let's do one of these. I'm gonna. You're gonna pick a random number. I'm gonna give you a team. It'll be a team we haven't discussed. And you're just going to give me a deep dive everything you know about this team. One of the Power Five teams, okay? Should we include the AAC or no? I like the AAC. Yeah, sure. Okay, so uh, between it. one, what, one and seventy-five. So no Notre Dame. Uh, well, we discussed Notre Dame. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, go. Um, sixty-two. All right, sixty-two. Here we go. Okay, Texas Tech Red Raiders. So, uh. Yeah, apparently their defense is uh, going to be better this year. If you didn't know, they don't play defense. Yeah, um, their coach. But that's part Ke- of the, that's part of their charm. Like they haven't played defense for so many years, it would be weird if they started playing defense. Yeah. So, and then like people are like, "Well, stat adjusted, their defense isn't that bad." It's like, no, your stat adjusted defense is also absolutely abysmal. Um, Cliff Kingsbury is their coach. He's like young and energetic. Um, I have them going. Five and seven, and mm-hmm. winning that opener versus Mrs. Ole Miss, which is uh, for a college football nerd like must-watch TV, but for everyone else is like probably like the sloppiest played football game of all time. Like there will be missed tackles, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I have them winning their first three, beating Houston, and then falling apart and winning two games the rest of the year. One of which is Kansas. So I have. Uh, King Cliff getting fired. You know, I think Texas Tech is a tough, tough job that coach in Lubbock, but it's definitely doable. Like you're in Texas. Leach is Leach really succeeded there with the right hire. I think um, they could be good. And I think Clingsbury could be a good coach eventually. I just think he's too young and got in over his head at such a yeah, young he age. He is. He's not 40, right? No, I don't think so. Uh uh, uh, Clingsbury, didn't he like date Paris Hilton or Britney Spears when he was when he was a player? I think he did. He might he have dated one of them. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember. Um, yeah, he was like a good looking guy. Yeah, he's still only yeah. 39. He makes four million dollars a year. That's crazy. 
Man, yeah. mom, moms, raise your kids to be head football coaches of, of D1 school. Uh, Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, that he has to make more, and I think he's younger. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, he's not – but Lincoln Riley's the head coach at Oklahoma, you know. Kingsbury is, is like, the, the, the coach at, like, a very dull Texas Tech team right now. He's making Wait, did you know that uh, Charlie Weiss Jr. is the – or Charlie Weiss's son? Might not be yeah. Charlie West Jr. Is the FAU for uh, Lane Kiffin? He's the uh, co-coordinator there. Yeah, doesn't he have like a bunch of like wacky names on his staff? That the, everything going on in FAU, they should do a show there because he took like he took a bunch of the guys from Last Chance U. He's got like a lot of like retreads and projects and people who like other people wouldn't take were very talented. Uh, yeah, the the uh, the whole everything going on in FAU. Like first of all. You wouldn't want to be a coach there because, you know, you're, you kind of have to compete with Lane Kiven for your own wife. That's tricky. And then, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, the link, there should be like a reality show following FAU. All right, uh, one more. One more team. Number between 1 and 75. Four. All right, the SMU Mustangs. We're staying in Texas. Oh, God. I, that's probably like one of the only teams I don't really know. They played right, no, Michigan so this year. No, we could, they we have a new coach. Could. Their coach went to Arkansas. I have them at mm-hmm. six and six, but I, I really don't have a scouting report on them for you. All right, so let's all right, so one, one more number, and then we'll wrap it up here. Uh, six. The Virginia Cavaliers. So, Virginia Cavaliers, I have them winning three games. We're really bottom feeding here. Um, and yeah. actually losing the opener to Richmond, which Yikes. is a, yeah, FBS school. Um, Bronco Mendenhall said they have – he's their new coach. He came from uh, He came from uh, BYU. Yeah, BYU. Um, he said they have like 27 D1 caliber players or something like that. Yikes. So now, he, if you're on the team when the new coach comes in and says that, how much are you like – you're like, oh, well, I'm one of the 27, right? I, I think everyone think, like, says coaches that. always come in and, and, and say that, and it's like, oh, shoot <laughs> – I thought it was the 40th best guy on the team, but not, like that, nah, I got to be one of those 27. I think everyone thinks they're like the best player on the team, but uh-huh. UVA, their quarterback, their quarterback was pretty solid last year. He left. I just see they've been recruiting like terribly. So I have no, and it's not like Mike London who preceded him was recruiting great. Right. Like I see no reason why they're going to have any life in them. And then, like, if you lose one of those games, like, to Richmond or something, yeah, like, I just think it completely just takes the life out of your team. What, and, what, a, what team in the ACC, although they were not in the ACC then, did Richmond famously beat in basketball? Do you know this? Oh. One of my good friends is actually a professor at Richmond, a law school professor. Uh, mm-hmm. The Spiders beat famous. I'm not sure. It was a 15-2 game. They were the first 15 seed to ever beat a two seed. They beat Syracuse. Who was, who was on that Syracuse team? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head because it was, it, was right it was before my time. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure. The second, the second team ever to beat, I think the second, fi- I'm doing this all off the top of my head, but the second 15 to beat a two I think was Santa Clara with Steve Nash over Arizona. So Santa Clara, in, in hindsight, had the best player on the floor. Um, although Arizona usually had some really good players in the early Lou Dolson era, um, I don't know who's on. I don't. I think it's it's post uh, Derek Coleman that Syracuse team, and I don't know if Richmond had anybody. But yeah, the Richmond Spiders that would be a bad loss. 
It's, it wouldn't be like uh, – you can watch that whole game on YouTube if people are interested. 91 Eastern Conference, uh, Eastern Region game. Um, yeah. All right, so I'm excited. You got me excited for the college football season. It seems like there's a lot of parity, Robbie. It seems like there's not – like even this Clemson team that wins, I'm not sure there's going to be a historically great team this season. Yeah, I mean, they they could be. I mean, everyone's like waiting for the first. It, it will eventually happen. First fifteen and O team ever. I think Ohio State, like realistically, Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama all have the potential to do that. I don't really think anyone else can do that. Um, but Georgia would be a stretch, I think, to do that. But Ohio State's loaded too. I mean, we haven't talked much about them, but like they're too deep is just ridiculous, and they just. Replace talent with better talent. It seems like every year when they beat exciting. you, yeah. When they beat you, is it does it make you feel better if they're like the best team or, or do you no? You it doesn't matter. Akiva, I, you root against them. I the second hardest I've cried um, yeah. after, and I cry every every year since I've been to Michigan when they lost. Uh-huh. Um, second hardest I cried was, uh, I think Brady hoax last year. It was when. We went for two, and they jumped the route and knocked it down, and we lost yeah. by one. So we were like five and seven that year, four and whatever we were. Um, and, yeah, that that was just as heart-wrenching. They're, they're all really bad, all these losses. Since I've been there, we've won one game, and I graduated. I entered school in 2004, so it's not. By the way, the best player on that Syracuse basketball team was Billy Owens. If you're a big NBA fan, you'll definitely remember him. He he's sort of been forgotten by history, but he was a really good player. The the early '90s Warriors. He leaves when like when when Weber comes, but he was he was like a, he was like a swingman, like shooting guard and small forward. But he would average like eight rebounds a year and a lot of assists. He was a really good fantasy player. If you played fantasy basketball, if you were one of the eight people playing fantasy basketball in like the early to mid '90s. Uh, for his career, averaged six point seven rebounds and eleven points. He was a very good player who played parts of uh, of like twelve or thirteen different seasons, um, but no stars on that Syracuse team. All right, uh, Robbie, I, this was very informative. I think some of our listeners are NFL only or mostly NFL, so they definitely learned something. I definitely learned something. Thank you for your time. Maybe we'll have you come on and preview something. Maybe I don't know if Michigan's surprisingly a little better than you thought. Maybe we could talk Michigan Ohio State. You usually yeah. disappear. You do usually, as Chester says, uh, disappear after the after the loss for a couple. Of, do you take that? I guess it's Saturday. It's not like the NFL. You have an extra day. Do you go into work on Monday? The years, which is every year, where Ohio State beats Michigan. Yeah, I have been going in, but like it's it's like I think like people don't really approach me. Like I'm I'm very people know not to talk salty. to you, right? Yeah, and, and like. It's pretty like I'm pretty like happy go lucky smile and like walk down the halls all the day all day like smile at my desk but like when you're pretty much crying your eyes out at your desk people tend to avoid that guy. Oh yeah. yeah fair <laughs> like, enough. Like, like like yeah. So and and like I wear Michigan shirts pretty much every Friday to work so um I you know everyone knows I'm a huge fan. All right. All right, Robbie, thank you so much for your time. Chester, no thank you for not being here. Dr. Jen, uh, I get, Chester doesn't know so much about college football, so I guess thanks for, for you know him not having to interject with nonsense that was incorrect uh, and also making – and we'll just make him edit this. Hopefully we made a lot of mistakes that he has to edit out. But Robbie, thanks so much. And Yeah, he's going to make – he would have made me talk about, like, Minnesota the whole time. Oh, yeah. Give us a quick Gophers uh, uh, prediction. Uh, oh, do where do I have Minnesota? 
I have them going six and six, so I do have them bowling. You I were very high on them last year, and Chester was like nervous, and obviously it did not it did not pan out. So here here's some big West uh, Big Ten West talk. Like, there's now three new exciting coaches: Brom at Purdue, Fleck at Minnesota, and Frost at Nebraska. Like, one oh, by definition is going to fail. Right. Long term. Plus, Northwestern is playing way better than they have in recent years. So I actually have Northwestern from here on out doing really poorly. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, as a result of these three new coaches, like, I think Fleck, you know, he made his name for himself at Western Michigan by recruiting better than everyone else in the MAC. He's not going to do that. Yeah, exactly. He's not going to do that in Minnesota. Like, you're not Mm -hmm. out recruiting Michigan at Minnesota. You're not out recruiting even Nebraska has more resources. So I, I, I think he's going to be good. I think I'm pretty high on him, but you know, they, they cross conference at Ohio state. That's a loss. They, they have a tough, tough, he has a tough road to build. And I think it's going to take him uh, three, four years if, before they, they win eight games. All right. But long-term you're, you're, you're high on PJ. Uh, I'd say lukewarm. All right. On that note, thanks so much, Robbie. Everyone have a good day. We'll see you tomorrow with some NFL thing. I don't know what. Later. That's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.